0: Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's health talk.
1: Hi, it's Mike with the Portage County Safety Council. I'm here with Becky Lehman and Ali Mitchell from the Portage County Combined Health District. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Hey. So we're here to talk about COVID-19, a lot of misinformation, a lot of rumors. We're here to get the facts from our local health department. So thanks for joining us again. So Ali, what is COVID-19?
2: So COVID-19 is, it's a respiratory disease. Symptoms are starting to usually appear two to 14 days after exposure. If you guys remember SARS in 2003, it is caused by the SARS virus. There's new strains out there. A lot of people don't know, but the common cold is just another form of a strain of coronavirus.
1: And this is a big deal because I've seen some Facebook memes and things going out there where I think it's real important because people, they may not be looking in depth in information and just kind of going with their hearing and using language. So looking on the back of the Lysol can, you'll see coronavirus helps disinfect it. I'm fine. I got Lysol. Not really the case per se, right? I mean, right. what they're talking about, coronavirus is a family of viruses, but COVID-19 is a new strand that yes. caused more issues that we're still learning about, Correct. correct?
0: So that's the thing about coronavirus that we have to remember. Everybody wanted to compare it to the flu, but the flu is predictable. We understand the flu. We have a vaccine. We know ahead of time what strains are going to be coming our way. But the coronavirus is very different. It's unpredictable. We are still learning every day, minute by minute, hour by hour, everything about coronavirus.
1: So in regards to that, Becky, how severe is it?
0: So about 80% of people who get coronavirus are COVID-19. They're going to have really mild symptoms. And those symptoms can be sneezing, coughing. It's a respiratory disease. So, like I said, about 80%, it's going to be like a mild cold, and they'll recover just fine on their own. It's that 20%, usually our high-risk population, that those are the ones that we have to worry about. Those are the ones that are going to require hospitalization.
1: Right. I was seeing some information online from the CDC and some other places, and it was 80%, like you said, mild symptoms, Ooh. about 139 I think, around 14%, depending on what day you're looking, about 14% in severe cases, and then 6% had to go to ICU. That's kind of what we're really trying to prevent with all this, right? With Absolutely. The, with the precautionary measures, our healthcare system, not just so we all don't experience the mild symptoms, so the healthcare system doesn't get overloaded for those severe to ICU level patients.
0: You've hit the nail on the head right there, Mike. Absolutely. Everything that we're doing right now to prevent the spread of this disease is about our healthcare system. We have to allow them time to be able to deal with and handle the patients that they're getting.
1: Absolutely. So, Ali, with that being said... Who is that 20%? Who are those high-risk candidates for this, for COVID-19?
2: So our high-risk population for the COVID-19 is our older adults, the ones that are 60 and older, the people with underlying health conditions, and people with compromised immune systems. So that's the high-risk population that we're really looking at.
1: So Becky, it's the cold and flu season. <coughs> they're getting the sniffles. They're coughing. I'm sure a lot of people, because I'm here, they opened up one of the drive through testing places and they were booked. <laughs> they were mm-hmm. going crazy up there. So every cold and flu system isn't necessarily an issue. Absolutely. So what are the symptoms of COVID-19? How can we tell the difference between a normal allergy symptom or cold and flu kind of thing versus COVID-19?
0: Great question. So like right now, the symptoms of COVID-19 are fever, cough, and difficulty breathing. The difficulty breathing is really the key piece. This is a respiratory disease. Are you able to manage your symptoms comfortably at home? You know, if if you're no to all those questions, and yes, I can manage my symptoms at home, you're probably not going to be eligible for a test. We still have limited testing abilities here in Ohio. But testing sites are coming up. there's kind of popping up around the state. So keep on the lookout.
1: So Becky, I know it's funny, but when you're talking about if you're around someone that knows someone that or that has it, <laughs> who knows someone, I, I can't help but think about the six degrees of Kevin Bacon.
0: Absolutely. So it really <laughs> is. It becomes about that social distancing. And that really is remembering that we're protecting our healthcare care system. So it really is keeping six feet away from one another. Because if I get close with you and then you've been around someone, I then become a Close contact of you who's been around someone, so right. it definitely is. It is all about who you're around,
1: right? And at what six you're taking feet. back with you. It's six feet, the magic number, right? So, six there's a the magic what number. What is that, the average the length of a sneeze? It's the, is that what it is?
0: Absolutely, it's the, the length of your respiratory droplets with a sneeze or a
1: cough. So, if you visit some locations, I won't name some agencies in Portage County, you might think people are frolicking that they're just that happy at work, and as happy as they may be at work. They're actually just putting out their hands Being six and, feet apart. And, and, and just like we are, we're all six feet apart, six feet apart. <laughs> practicing around, public health measures, making sure that they're practicing real social distancing.
0: Absolutely, so, it's right? imperative. You have to remember exactly what we just said. So maybe I have, which I don't, the COVID 19. But maybe I'm just a carrier. I'm not showing signs or symptoms. I go and visit my grandmother who has a compromised immune system, and I can be a carrier of that disease to her. So even though she's not leaving her home and you know seeing people, I'm going into her home, and I could be carrying that with her. That's the six degrees of Kevin Bacon.
1: So pretty much, society is almost coming to a standstill within a handful of days. Gyms are closed now in Ohio. Restaurants are closed down except for carryout. Everything's kind of coming to a halt to kind of just systematically create that social distancing. All the warnings are going out. Hey, you know, keep six feet away. What are some other preventative things, some common measures we should do, Ali? It's cold season anyways. We should be practicing. Washing your hands. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've seen uh, memes on Facebook going around saying, I'm glad you all needed a global pandemic to start washing your hands.
2: Right. Like all the soap's gone now. So. <laughs> and toilet paper. So. No.
1: See, I did. I was at a couple stores. They still had soap. Oh, good. But no sanitizer. Right, and I thought that was pretty funny. Like, just soap's actually more effective. Just wash. Yeah, (laughs)
2: absolutely. Wash your hands. Soap and water. Hand sanitizer. If you do not have soap and water, obviously hand sanitizer is the next best thing. But if you do have soap and water, wash your hands with soap and water. Because
0: it's really the friction. It's the movement of moving your hands together and getting in between your fingers, finger underneath your fingernails, and then washing it down the drain. That's the cleaning of your hands. The washing of your hands.
2: So I did get a question, me and Becky bolted did, at a meeting and they were asking, is it better to wash your hands with cold or hot water? And like Becky mentioned, it doesn't matter what temperature of the water is, it's just the friction of rubbing your hands together and getting that stuff off. It's the number one key preventative message that we keep going out for any communicable disease is washing your hands for 20 seconds or using alcohol-based hand sanitizer if soap and water is not available. You know, sing happy birthday, Jolene, whatever tune you want to do to get you through the 20 seconds. Do the locomotion. I'm
1: waiting for someone to sing it. Jolene. (laughs) Jolene. There you go. There you go. You can just play this podcast and wash your hands.
2: Absolutely. So protecting yourself from this. So is washing your hands for 20 seconds. Avoid contact with people who are sick. Stay home when you are feeling ill. Clean and disinfect all high-touch objects and surfaces often, like the phone, kitchen handles, computer, keyboard, mouse light switches
0: doorknobs etc and also not touching your face that is a huge piece not you know you touch something and then you you know you rub your eyes or wipe off your nose so avoiding to touch your face is another really key way to protect yourself
1: the, the average touching. person
2: touches their face 21 times an hour i've heard are you so, serious wow. yes
1: okay that's a big deal because people are wearing surgical masks i get it but as soon as you touch a doorknob and you go to scratch Absolutely. your eye rub your eye, something yeah hey
2: and if you cough and sneeze And, you know, sneezing your elbow. If you use a tissue, immediately throw the tissue in the trash and wash your hands right after.
1: Now, in regards to this, Becky, a couple of years ago, we were talking about this. You came out and did a presentation and you guys said you guys do Wipe Down Wednesdays. Wipe Down Wednesdays. I thought, what a simple, systematic idea. Tell us what Wipe Down Wednesday is.
0: It really is like a reminder email that um, you can send to staff that just says, hey, wipe down your surfaces, your desk, your keyboards your phones. We're doing that every day now. So uh, and sometimes twice a day, we have a meeting room, we wipe down the meeting room before and after every single meeting. So those are the things that we're above and beyond doing outside of the norm prevent our staff from getting sick.
1: So that's a good thing. Set something on your outlook. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're talking, if you're an employer listening, send an email out in the newsletter, just a simple reminder. Hey, just a reminder before you leave today or at every noon at lunch or when you get back from lunch, Whatever it is, do it a couple times a day to make sure you're just taking the extra mile and getting that stuff clean. So. Absolutely.
0: And so even outside of COVID-19, on a regular basis, wipe down Wednesdays is a great idea. Once a week, you wipe everything down.
1: So, Ali, if I think I'm sick, if I think I'm coming down with COVID-19, is there a phone number, hotline? Where do I go for help?
2: Okay, so the call center for the ODH hotline is one 833 427 They are open seven days a week from
0: 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. They also have a website. The Ohio Department of Health has a corona.ohio.gov website. It is chocked full of prevention and education measures that people can go to and get up-to-date information about
1: COVID-19. I know when this thing broke a couple weeks ago, I started going to the CDC site. They're putting everything as plain as you could possibly put it. They have preparation measures for businesses, schools, if you're listening to this, you're an employer, it doesn't matter if you're a school, a healthcare facility, they have this preparation plans spelled out for you. Just go to the CDC website, cdc.gov. And actually, if you just Google CDC, COVID-19 page will pop right up. Absolutely. And they have all these plans. I know our local FEMA group and Portage Prepares, they have some things available out there as well. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And even beyond COVID-19, they have some things for mall shootings and places of worship. There's just, there's so much good information out there that people don't think that these public agencies have a lot. And that's why I threw that out there as well. So and like Becky
2: had said, everything changes every day, minute by minute, hour by hour. So we're learning new information all the time. And so if you want to check out our Facebook and our Twitter or go on our website at www.portagehealth.net, And we're trying to keep up with all the new information with dates and everything.
1: And I will say this. We're going to start doing some podcasts as well. We're going to interrupt our regularly scheduled routine with just workplace safety info. We're going to put some stuff out there because very few people have been talking about the mental health aspects of this. I normally work out. Now I can't go to the gym. That's a big self-care stress relief thing for me. So what am I going to do now? It's still a little cold to kind of go outside for a lot of people. How are we handling this? How are we handling... You turn on the media, turn on social media. You, you think the guy in the street corner is actually right and the whole world's coming to an end. The asteroid's hitting the planet, Becky. I know you guys said before you didn't want me to talk about this, but I'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> I just encourage our listeners, turn off social media for a little bit if you need to.
0: Abs- T- turn off get all off the media news. for a little bit. Yes. We actually recommend, go on, only check it like maybe two to three times a day. Honestly, you know, you get up with your morning coffee, check out the news. A reputable news site. If you feel the need that you have to do something on your lunch hour, again, a reputable site. And then just one more time for, you know, afterwards. Definitely got to limit the amount of media that people. The Ohio Department of Health
2: actually just put out, if your loved one or yourself is experiencing anxiety, there is help available. There is a call disaster helpline at 1-800-985-5990. And they will connect you with a trained counselor through the Ohio Crisis Text Line. Or you can text for hope to 741-741 or call the Ohio MHAS Help Hotline at one 275 6364
0: And Town Hall 2, our local Town yes. Hall 2 also has a call center that they are answering calls for people who are worried or part of the anxious in the worried well at 330-678-HELP. So we have a local resource as well.
1: Right, and social distancing, as important as it mm-hmm. is, doesn't have to mean social disconnection. Correct. So those people that struggle with isolation, even to the effect of being suicidal, it goes all the way through the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I just encourage you, pick up, call a relative on a phone, call Face a friend, FaceTime, Face yeah, Face like Face you know, you don't have to go up and high five and chest bump at all your buddies.
2: Or Skype if people still do that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> FaceTime <laughs> pretty much kills Skype. So yeah, just stay stay in contact. We are social beings. So that's just part of our natural part of health. Mm-hmm. So social distancing does not mean isolation. Okay. Absolutely. So physically create some space between you and know, other people, but make sure you're staying in some sort of social contact. So, Ali, as we can wrap this thing up today, what are two to three takeaway messages you would give our listeners?
2: The takeaway messages for today I and mean, every day, especially as we're going through this, be kind to one another, check on your neighbors, stay informed with credible sources. Like I said, you know, all those websites and Facebook and Twitter, ask for help if you need it. Help those that are sick, like drop off a meal, assist with tasks, reassure those family members or friends, and take care of you. Eat right, exercise, this is the best time to do all that, in your home. Talk to friends and family on the phone or FaceTime, take a walk, limit exposure to the media.
1: So before we go, last Monday, a friend invited us over for steaks. So I went to Walmart, I was at Sunny Lake, and I'm like, hey, it's 60 degrees out, let me go up there and grab a couple steaks for And I remember seeing something on Facebook of toilet paper shortages, (laughs) okay? And and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this now, but I was one of those pioneers of this. (laughs) So I just said, you know, let me just peek my head around a Walmart to the toilet paper aisle, see if this is real. This is here in another country or something. In Streetsboro, Ohio, I turn around and there was one skid left of toilet paper. So I called my wife and said, honey, I'm not freaking out or anything but there may not be no teepee tomorrow. She's like, you better grab two. So Becky, (laughs) should we go out and buy like 50 rolls of toilet paper today?
0: We are advising that you go out and you buy 14 days worth of supplies for your family. You know, 14 days of non-perishable food, household items. Yes, 14 days worth of toilet paper for your family, not 1,400 days. There is no need. So you go out and you make sure that I have 14 days worth of supplies in my household You put those aside and then every week you shop normally just so that if you are in a situation where you are isolated in your home for those 14 days, you have supplies, but there is no need to... Go out and buy all the toilet paper.
2: You have to remember, too, when you are doing this for your family, also think about the people that have to live paycheck to paycheck who cannot get their groceries in, you Mm -hmm. know, a whole big lump sum. So think of those families as you are doing your shopping over the
1: next few weeks. Well, Becky and Ali, thank you very much for joining us today. Everybody out there listening, be safe.